The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. You're listening to the Let Him Cook Podcast fueled by Cody Road and the Wild Rose Casino Studios. Nigel, it's been a minute. We got one game to talk about here. Um, but a lot of uh, kind of things up in the air as we head to the end of the regular season. We got Big 12 tournament to talk about. We got March Madness seed drama, what seed is Iowa State going to end up being. So plenty to talk about today. Uh, Nigel, it's the hot topic on every daytime sports television show. As a Dukey Blue Devil fan, I want to ask you, thoughts on court storming? We saw Kyle Filipowski... A little bit of acting out of the out of the Duke, a little shove, a little shove there, and then he's acting like Paul Pierce getting taken out of the arena. Thoughts on court storming after the whole Duke Wake Forest conundrum? This might be a minute, so I apologize to Cyclone fans because I know y'all ain't y'all didn't come here to talk about Duke. I I didn't come here to talk about Duke, but Dylan brought it up. So you want you want beef? Got to talk about it. His DMs are open. His DMs are open. But I do have a thought on this because um, I brought it up on our sports night show yesterday, and I told Mary Margaret I was like, look, Kyle, like storming the court because Jay Billis articulated perfectly. He said visually, it's too good. It's almost like an epitome of college like basketball and college sports really storming the court is iconic, like visually to see after, especially after a huge game. And I'm all for it because there's some teams who just do it. Well, I think the fact that I would say doesn't do it all the time when they do do it, they act like they've done it 90 times. Cause they're just, it, it just is executed perfectly. It's not like, Hey, let's go punch Hunter Dickinson in the face. It's let's go find TJ and raise them up. Like he's, Rudy or you know Rocky right. Balboa. It's 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 done perfectly. There's some etiquette to it. Wake Forest, bro. It was like a child in Walmart crying because he like they just didn't know how to act. And you know the, it, Wake Forest like historically is not a it's not a bad program. You have a yeah. lot of NBA dudes. You have a lot of high caliber players coming in there year in year out. And we've lost to Wake like years before in the past it's happened it's not this crazy thing that's never happened and you know i i my problem with it is is that we don't give enough time with that specific game you don't give enough time for the away team to get off the floor you just let kids you know run amok and my whole thing with kyle is you know it's kind of hard when you got 700 like five eight white frat kids sprinting at you you're seven feet tall you're gonna put your arms out in a sense of like yo like stop (laughs) or like wait (laughs) or like slow down you know and then i feel like some people saw that bird's eye view of him like putting extending out his arms like he's gonna try to push somebody but really you look at the you look at the angle again he puts his arms out maybe trips one person god forbid because there's a stampede of people coming but if you turn around buddy behind him doubles down and pushes him so he's yeah. trying to make this domino effect in the in the storm court and like i i it's just not good and obviously like it's it's a pure example of how i wasn't this empathetic when it happened to caitlin clark because of iowa but it's everything is everything is funny until it happens to you. If this happened to Tame and Lipsy, we would be up in arms. We would be rioting. Ames would people would be, have pitchforks. It would be bad. All right. But I just I say all that to to basically essentially say that storm, storming the court is fine. Let's just wait fifteen seconds to and let's have security. Like the people who work the game need to have more common sense of the context yeah. of a game. If an unranked opponent is about to be a top 10 team in the country, let's get these brothers off the court. It's only 15 of them. Let's just make it fast. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I think Arkansas, when Duke lost earlier in the year to Arkansas, and they also rushed the court, they did a great job of getting them to an opposite tunnel back to their locker room. And they were off the court in like five seconds. It was like well executed. So, again, it's it's on Wake Forest at the end of the day. I, I saw their AD come out. And essentially, excuse me, essentially, you know, like have to say an apology because like it just shows how guilty they feel and how bad it made the school look. And I just think, wait, wait, 15 seconds. Have all the fun you want. I tipped your cat off to them. They they played a great game, but we got to wait 15 seconds because now one of college basketball's, you know, best players is hurt. So I think it's all about awareness. And like you said, Wake Forest, you have to I don't know how many security guards they have on an average home game. Bump that up if you're hosting Duke. 
Um, if basically any unranked school, if you have a top 10 team and basically if you win, you know, a court storm is coming just like ramp up security. The other thing though, is like players need to have better awareness. If I'm Kyle Filipowski, you also know that that court storming is about to happen. There are like hundreds of wake forest kids, like biting at the chain yeah. to storm that court, get your ass to the sideline, man. Like there's yeah. no point to be in the middle of the court when that time goes final, like the game was didn't in question. It didn't come down to a last second shot. Uh, just like get to your bench before the game's even over. I just, I just feel like things. with it being a four point game, you don't necessarily want to get off the court like too early. Yeah. Cause then you can film and then coach is like, what the hell is that? Why are you walking? Like you already gave up. So it, it can be interpreted like different ways. And you know, that's, it's a, it's a, it's a hard line to follow. And Again, it's it's on Wake Forest to be like, yo, if we ever have a blue blood period in here, ramp up security and get all like give them 15 seconds to get 15 guys off the floor and yep. then have at it. Yeah. You know, but it's like this. These are two teams, with a lot of history, too. So you just it's not like Wake Forest would be lying if they said they didn't hate Duke and that right. they they don't want to punch Kyle Filipowski in the face like they probably did. So. I'm not ever going to give those kids the benefit of the doubt. You know, I, my advice to them would be settle down because you're still a bubble team. So you got bigger yeah. fish to fry than that one game. Right. So again, 15 seconds, have your fun. You know, that, that, that that's my, that's my opinion on the matter. Nigel, you already mentioned Arkansas. I'm going to give it to him again. This Arkansas, Missouri game. I saw way too much of it. Nine minutes of the Iowa state, West Virginia game had gone by and I'm watching these two kind of bottom feeder SEC teams miss having a mid off. Mercy, get that, get that off of TV. Put that on the plus. No, no one needs to watch that this year. Put it on Peacock. Yeah, <laughs> hide it. Put Paramount Plus. Put it somewhere. Uh, Put it on Nickelodeon. So anyway, had the slime coming out. Yeah, do a little Nickelodeon kids cast. Uh, maybe a benefit though to Cyclone fans. West Virginia got off to an 11 to two lead, and a lot of good basketball going on. So I'm not even looking at it on my phone right away. I took a group chat for me to be like, "Wait, we're down, we're down nine, we're down 11 yeah. to two. Um, I think it was like 15 to 15 when TV coverage started. When I started watching, Keyshawn Gilbert went on like a 6-0 run by himself. So obviously, Iowa State woke up. Uh, kind of the I mean, the main context of this game is Iowa State did not play a perfect game, but they found a way to win. And I feel like in years past, we talked about that home loss to Oklahoma State. Altenberger teams have just lost a couple games. You look back and you're like, how did, how did we drop that one? I feel like this was a classic case of, like, we finally have the talent to not drop this. And I think that's why you saw us come down from an 11-2 to lead and kind of take control of that game is we have the talent to do it now. Yeah, and like we've talked about on multiple occasions, in those games where we do drop, it seems to be it's because the offense got stagnant and predictable. Yeah. And now we're in a situation where, A, we have the talent. Also, you just have more options in an offense so it doesn't get as stagnant as quickly. Like, you just have more people who can hurt you from different areas. And I just need to take a second to give my shout-out to Rob Jones, Mr. Mm. Big Guard. I didn't – says, who – is this man going coast to coast like he's Magic Johnson? I uh, mean, Aiden, do we have the do we have the clip? Oh, here it comes. Please, it comes. I mean, it. the man looks like George Gervin. Is that a finger roll? Who taught him the jelly? That's nice. I need some bread and some peanut butter with that jelly. That's what I need. I mean, come on, laying That's it off his glass. He looks nimble out there, man. He looks nimble as hell. Look at and he's, the guys just having fun, looking like Jackie right. Noah at Florida. I mean, the, the guys, give us a ring. I, I put take us to the Final Four already. Just let's skip. I, I know we'll be there, all right. But if Rob Jones is pulling the ball in transition like he's Joakim Noah slash Al Horford, I, I, who, who's gonna beat us? Who's even when we start out slow and we're doing stuff like that? Who's gonna beat us? Please yeah. tell me. Rob to take Kumpo, uh, right there. Uh, I think Randy Peterson asked uh, Coach Ox about it in the in the post game presser. I saw Jake Brand tweeted about it, and 
I don't know who is laughing. There's obviously no no cheer in the press box, but there is. I think laughs are allowed in the post game presser. And Randy Peterson brought it up, and there was a couple laughs amongst media members. And uh, TJ was like, I don't know what all the laughter is about. That's just a, a great player making a great play. So uh, Rob Jones, man, didn't know he had that in him. TJ has clearly seen some things out of Rob in practice that we haven't seen to the point yeah. where that was just like, hey, that's just, man, that's Rob. He just does it. But Imagine honestly, I've run into that problem a lot here is I'll, I'll, I'll ask a coach about, you know, a player doing something really cool that I haven't seen before. And I'm like, nah, that's just that's just him. And I'm like, is it? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I don't I, you you can be honest. Were you shocked? I was shocked, you know. Uh, a man that big leading the break. And also, no no offense to Rob Jones, not known for his guard skills. Like yeah, no, some yeah. guys are that tall and have some guard skills. That man does not looks good on the break, though. That break, yeah. something yeah. there's something in it. Well, what I love is how everyone else just kind of the other four guys just stayed back. Like, yeah, yeah, Rob's got it. He's got I, it. I, I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any doubt in my mind. He's not going to go coast to coast right now. Keyshawn was like, "Go That's cook, bro. Go cook, Rob. Let Rob cook. Let Rob cook. That's all I got to say." Good. And that was a big momentum in the first half. Pavletsky had some great minutes, kind of right yes. before that Rob Jones coast to coast layup. And Pav, I said before this game, I said this is really a game where I think Pavletsky can play 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. West Virginia is not super long and athletic. I mean, they have they have dudes, but this is a game where you can kind of get away with Pav letting Taman get his rest and let Pav go in there and make big shots, and he did. Um, even down the stretch, he was playing late in the second half. So uh, just a good matchup, and he played really well. It's always good to see kind of guys – not forgotten about, but I mean, Pavelski hasn't been a huge impact player on this team, and he has a game like this against West Virginia, and it's one of the main reasons why we're able to pull a game out that we didn't play the best in. So credit to him because that's that's a tough position to be in, you know, coming off of a freshman of the year performance in the SoCon, come right, by with eight, eight. eighth ninth man on, on a right. team, you know, but still performing. Like, how impressed were you with Pavletsky uh, in this West Virginia game? With Jackson, I was very impressed. And I feel like, like you said, he got us out of that hole. And I feel like it was just very necessary because, you know, West Virginia seemed like they were kind of playing some desperate basketball. They needed a win of beating a team of our caliber to kind of stay relevant and kind of have a push at, you know, kind of anything, really, especially for tournament seating. And it just seems like Pav was like, look, he, he seems like a very, like, not quiet kid, but very observant, you know, of like his time on the bench is not being like, oh, he's spacing out. Like he's he's looking at what he can make an impact on, I feel, every game. And I feel like that's being emphasized to him on this coaching staff. So I just I feel like he was a huge like lift for us. And I feel like in a game like this where, you know, you're playing a team like West Virginia, where you can kind of. I guess kind of take your foot off the gas a bit, because, you know, even us as fans, we were like, it's going to be a beat down, blah, blah, blah. Right. It wasn't. And I think maybe the players are caught off guard and it may take that eighth or ninth man who just needs an opportunity to showcase, you know, what his impact can be on winning to do that. And I think Jackson did a great job uh, just, you know, making big time plays. And I I think, you know, going forward, that can really be an X factor for us, you know, come March because, you know, guards win, like we told you, guards win national championships. And it's not always, you know, a Shabazz Nate Beer or a, a Kemba Walker. It's sometimes it's a it's a, it's a Spike Albright. You know, I'm yep. going, I'm deep. <laughs> you're digging deep in the bag. You talk about Spike cool. Albright, but it just could be that type of guy that you know gives you guys that extra boost to stay alive and you know keep going. So shout to Jackson. Had a great game and really, I would say was the reason you know we were able to get a remotely comfortable lead over yeah. a very hungry West Virginia team. Yeah, nine points from Jackson, uh, two boards and assist. And I, I think kind of where he gets exposed is he he's usually a, a step slow against elite guards on defense, but the effort has always been there. I mean, he's diving yeah. after loose balls. He's picking up loose ball fouls. And on a guy like Pavletsky, where you're playing 16 minutes a game, go ahead and pick up a loose ball foul. Like that's not going to like, that's not going to kill you. You have the kind of luxury of racking up fouls because you got, you got the depth there. You got Tame and Lipsy and Keyshawn Gilbert you know, ready to close out those minutes. So they're expendable. Go get a foul. Go be crazy. You know, just kind of dog off a leash mentality and just make a difference. And that's what he did. Um, another player, Lipsy, just kind of a vintage performance. I feel like he was the one that stepped in and got things under control. 
Um, West Virginia was up 51 to 50 in this game. Iowa State goes on a 14 0 run to kind of, and West Virginia, they kind of reminds me of the Texas Tech game where the game felt over, but like it would look bad if West Virginia just gave up. So they were kind of forced to foul and like shoot quick threes. I think the score of this game is, is, is closer than it was. Iowa State was up 13 with two minutes left. Um, but Tame and Lipsy, like I said, always in control. This team is so good at playing their brand of basketball. And I think he is just kind of the one that makes that happen. He's the one that calls those shots, slows it down, mucks it up, makes it ugly, and is going to get his guys open for shots. So impressed with his play. Do you think he's risen to an all-conference season this year? Yeah, no doubt. I, I think when I see Taman, I look at – and because I'm – Again, I'm a Duke guy. I see the same transition with Taman of like the same year that, you know, Trey Jones was playing with Zion Williamson, was a fourth man, fourth option offensively on that team, then transitions to his sophomore year and becomes ACC player of the year. And I think I think there's a, it takes a certain type of player to have that type of jump in a year. And I think Taman always had this this extra gear that we're seeing this year. It just wasn't being able to be showcased because we had so many other older guys who had to get their touches and whatnot in the offense. So I also think, too, it's a level of, like, not saying Taman didn't have confidence last year, but it's it seems like he's always been the guy that doesn't want to step on people's toes, especially older guys, because you are the freshman starting and you are the point guard. You do It is your job to make everybody better. But I think now you can kind of just showcase, hey, I, I, I'm kind of a Swiss Army knife. I can kind of do anything you guys need me to do. And I feel like this year we've seen it on multiple occasions of him just get after it on the def- defensive end, get after it shooting, get after it, you know, getting rebounds. And just, again, I, I, there isn't a single thing on the floor that he can do poorly. You know, he's just so efficient in every aspect of the game. And I think it's just been more of a, a an elevated platform. And, you know, TJ and his staff have been doing a good job of asking him, hey, we need this out of you. So he's like, all right, you're about to let a dog off the leash. And I think we're seeing a product of it in just his play day in and day out. He's, is he going to play perfect every day? No. We saw Houston kind of struggled, but it is what it is. But I think just throughout the entire year, yes, he has had an all-conference year. And some could even entertain maybe put him on the Bob Cousy list. Because I think if you're going to yeah. talk about for every Jamal Shedd, there's a Tame and Lipsy. You know? So I think he, he's right there in the conversation for both of those awards. Nigel, we talked about how this team is different just because of how kind of versatile the scoring can come from. I just opened up the box score. I'm just going to go down the list. So we scored 71 points, only had two guys in double figures. Box score goes like this. 8, 6, 8, 14, 8, 6, 9. Demarion Watson had 0. Curtis Jones had 12. So everyone that played scored at least six points besides Demarion Watson. And that's just kind of what the block, team though, So Yeah. Yep. One block and zeros the rest of the way. But Demarion Watson's not going to come off the bench and get you 15. Yeah, no. Really what I want to – like, you just don't know where the points are going to come from if you're playing against Iowa State. I think that's kind of been the beauty of this team. I, I've seen some people say, you know, that could be our downfall come March is, you know, we don't have a go-to guy in the final two minutes. Which is I such a dumb argument. I'm sorry. Right. I think it's going to be Keyshawn down the stretch, I think especially in March. And then if we need a last-second shot, I think over and over again, we're going to look to Mom Schiller. Curtis. Oh. Uh-oh. I think it's, I don't know. I mean, go ahead. Make your case. I think as of late, I don't think I'm crazy because, like, it take, take maybe the last 10 games. While Mom Chilevich has been knocking down shots, I think Curtis has been a bit more consistent. Am I crazy? Yeah. The only thing, if you're I, if you're drawing up a set play, I think what Momchilovic struggles is to get open on his own. He has a tough time creating his own shot. But if you have time to draw up like an elevator screen or a stagger screen and get him running off in just a catch-and-shoot situation with like three seconds left, I think right. I'd rat – I mean, his shot is just so smooth. Like I, I think he gets in trouble when he tries to back someone down that he can't. We saw it like against Houston. It really gave him trouble. Mm-hmm. Some of the more physical teams, he has a hard time kind of getting into his footwork. But, I mean, a last-second shot coming off the screen, I, I, I like our chances with Manchilovic. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't. I look, I, I think having the two, I think the fact that we're in a, uh, we got, we got right. a, a kind of in a disagreement just now is a good problem, because yeah. it seems to be like, all right, say it is an elevator scream, and they sniff it out. You see him coming through. You, you take that action away. Take Curtis in the corner. Right. Bang. You know. So I, I think, I, I, I don't know. Personally, right now, I'm not saying you got to draw stuff for Curtis, but I just think like. A lot of shots in March Madness are kind of just like the drive and create sometimes, just in the flow. And I feel like Curtis yeah. is really going to be big in those plays, especially down the right. stretch how we talked about, despite him not starting, he's probably going to be in that final five when we're in a close game and we need big shots, obviously. So I, I don't know. I, I just think as of late, those two, between those two, Curtis has been a bit more consistent shooting-wise. So I just feel like, he's going to kind of ride that good momentum into the postseason, obviously, and just kind of have the hotter hand of the two. I mean, both of them have hot hands and both of them can get hot. I just feel like Monchilovic has had so many good games and been such a threat on a scouting report to where more focus is on him naturally. So it's going to kind of leave Curtis open for more opportunity. I also think this is a good kind of preview West Virginia, obviously not a, you know, elite March Madness team, but they do have Jesse Edwards who is an elite post player. And I think no matter where Iowa state is in the bracket, they're going to have to go through an elite post player. If they want to get to the final four, I was okay with how they defended him. I thought it could have been better. I think he's the reason that they stayed in this game. He did a great job rebounding. I think he, affected shots even if he if they weren't blocks I mean he was impacting finishes at the rim from our guards um and the the double in the post bothered him but not as much as other post players basically what I think you know if Bob Huggins doesn't just ruin his coaching career just self impacts his whole legacy West West Virginia could have been a really good team this year and I think they'll be a good team soon that program is just so solid um but, yeah, Jesse Edwards, I, I don't know how many years he has left, but I feel like he could have been a big difference maker on a contender, and he's just kind of stuck at West Virginia. So that's that's a tough spot to be in as a as an elite college basketball player. Yeah, and, I mean, I remember talking to you because we were kind of on it about, you know, the transfer portal. Yeah. Once all that stuff kind of capped off in, like, May, June, we finally, we finally got a gauge of who was all going to be new additions to the Big 12. West Virginia was one of those teams who kind of scared both of us because, you know, we saw uh, – is, is it Kerr? Kerr Creesa. Creesa? Yeah. Yeah, Kerr Creesa. I mean, he yeah, was really good at Arizona. Seeing him come to West Virginia, I was like, oh, God. And then you see Jesse Edwards come, and then you come to find out that, you know, most of these teams are – most of these guys are being bought to get to uh, West Virginia right. through NIL. So, you know, I just thought that they were going to be a more threatening team this year for sure. And, you know, obviously – chips haven't fallen um in their in their favor but you know I, I think like you said i agree going forward i think west virginia is going to be you know a team on the rise so it, it, i'm just i'm shocked they haven't had a better year i guess yeah just settle said on the show and he didn't name names but he said he was talking to west virginia's director of recruiting and just talking about some of the guys that were in line to go there before this bob huggins stuff came down like he was Big names. I mean, this West Virginia team could have been totally different if they, if they, like you said, really active in the transfer portal in the offseason, got that big man from Syracuse, got Kirk Risa from Arizona. So really kind of a what-if squad at West Virginia right now. I think just yeah. the kind of craziness of college basketball got to them. Um, and, and that's tough. Iowa State, the team stats aren't great. I will say my favorite stat of uh, forcing more turnovers than the opponent had made shots is back. West Virginia made 22 shots, had 23 turnovers. Um, but rebounding, pretty even. Points in the paint, pretty even. The big like difference is points off of turnovers, and we've seen that all year. So those are kind of the three places. If Iowa State wins in rebounding, points in the paint, and points off turnovers, that's when you kind of see a clinic. That's how Otzelberger wants to win games. We won one of those categories, um, but I think, especially down the stretch, man, these games, they aren't 
you know, we're not playing Houston and Kansas anymore, but if you don't play your basketball, you can lose a Big 12 conference game really easy. So we really got to, you know, this team has to dial in and you can't play lazy on the road. I think we kind of got away with sleepwalking through the start of the game. The first four minutes out of halftime were not, you know, great basketball from Iowa State. So got to pick it up because Oklahoma on Wednesday we have at UCF. Let's talk about this for a second. Antonio Brown in the locker room at UCF. have yeah. no idea how that came together. One of the most random things I've seen in college basketball this year, but he was there, so that's he, something. He's a proud Central Michigan alum, and he's like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to go watch Johnny Dawkins and the boys on a Saturday, because why not? You know, when you have brain damage, you can kind of do whatever you want at that point. Say, maybe he thought he was in Central Michigan and it was Central Florida. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's what. like, these guys are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was going on there, but oh, uh, yeah, no. What if he thought he was in Central because it's Central Florida, right? He's like, I'm, yeah, I went to school here. What do you, like, you guys no mean? Chippewas, you yeah, know? what? <laughs> He's like, wait, you? This is the Mac? This is the Mac basketball? <laughs> like it's lit in here. I love this. The weather's yeah. great in Michigan. This this Coach Jackson, this Coach Dawkins, you're you're mad chill, bro. Where, who, where are you from? You're, you're sick. Oh, that's oh good stuff. Wow. Uh, I do want to talk, talking about Iowa State's finish. I'll, I'll say this. Do you have anything else on West Virginia before we just get to kind of looking towards the postseason here? Um, not really. I mean, again, I'm, I'm just, I, I was a little disappointed. Uh, I felt like we should have, this should have been a team. You should have molly whopped just because yeah. they were playing bad basketball. So I'm also a little mad that we only out rebounded them by one. I know, like you said, Jesse Edwards was huge, but. We cannot do that going forward. I, if, if Watson is going to make the, the gritty plays like he was uh, on Saturday, I think we just have to put more of an emphasis on uh, crashing the glass and crashing it hard because I, I think, again, rebounding, winning the rebound battle and the turnover battle will save you in March. We obviously forced 10 more turnovers to West Virginia than they t- forced to us, uh, but not every team is going to – so March is so weird that, you know, a team like West Virginia, who is not like, I guess, really high praised on is going to get the momentum they did at Hilton at a neutral court site and completely ride out. It could be like a Pittsburgh, Iowa State moment last year where it just seemed like they made the first punch and they just kept punching. And so, it's, again, it's huge to like we have to become the team to always make the first punch no matter what going forward. Otherwise, I don't feel that confident because anything can happen. Not because I don't believe in this team, but it's just the whole, you know, idea of the tournament and how unpredictable and chaotic it can be at times. Yeah. And West Virginia's whole, I mean, thing has been they just turned the ball over too damn much. They're a good shooting team. They play good to average defense. I think just kind of their inexperience at at the guard position outside of Krokrisa has just kind of been a handicap on them all year. They're a good team. They just, they turn it over and that kind of played right in Iowa state's hands. I'm with you though. We, I mean, just came off a loss to Houston. I would have loved to see this team just beat the brakes off of West Virginia, just not even have it be a contest. I think that would have been more of a, as much of a statement win as you can have against West Virginia at this time of the year. But if, if we're mad at an eight point, no, seven point, home win where we were up 13 with the, I mean, it's, it's a good thing to be like, we should have won by more. Like that's a good yeah. spot to be in, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, 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 I always like being an Iowa state fan, but I think being a Duke fan, I, I know what it feels like to be an entitled fan to where like yeah. some, even some wins piss you off. Um, But I like that Iowa state is getting in this, in this weird yeah. transition of like, we're expecting elite play now because we've seen it. And I think the more it's an expectation, the more kids will tend to rise to the occasion. So right. I'm excited for the transition that, you know, we're making because a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, analysts and, and big names in college basketball are comparing us to the 2015 team with Niang and the boys. And that's great. Yeah. But I don't want to just be, you know, compared to just one, one, one year, one team. I, I want to continue this momentum and, and just make it a consistent, you know, this is us. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah, I, I, think I like the trajectory that the program's on. Right. I'm right there with you. Going, Nigel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for, can you give me a minute to rant? This has been bugging me for at least a week. So 
you know, I'm I'm really big into bracketology. I I love the DPI. The committee came out with their top 16 seeds, I want to say two weeks ago, this weekend, this past weekend. And basically every bracketologist just said, to hell with what I have. I'm going to change my entire top 16 to exactly what the committee had. Well, the committee screwed Iowa State over. They had us as a low three seed when most bracketologists at the time had us as a mid two seed. So all these bracketologists changed where we were in their brackets strictly because the committee came out and said, this is where we're at right now. Well, a lot has changed. And Iowa State's still getting treated like a bottom three seed, which is nonsense to me. I think if you watch this Iowa State team and go watch Kansas, unless you're Seth Greenberg saying that Kansas is the most complete team in the Big 12, which is nonsense. I don't care what his rationalization was. Iowa State's a better basketball team than Kansas this year. If yeah. you switch the jerseys on the Iowa State team and Kansas team, Kansas would be a one seed, and Iowa State with Kansas's roster and record would be a five seed. It's nonsense to me. It pisses me off. If you're going to be a bracketologist, go with your gut. To hell with the committee. I would respect it way more if you said, look, I respect the committee. What I've seen and what analytics are telling me, Iowa State's a two seed. I think the committee has it wrong. And there's been other spots where I'm like, how is that team there? So that's just my that's my soapbox. I'm pissed off about it. I think that if you're just going to release the same bracket as all the other bracketologists because the committee said so, find a new gig, do something different. If you, if you're just gonna if you're just gonna copy someone else's homework, what are we doing here? So yeah, that's you may not want to be a math major if you're do just copying you know right. off a jag and whatnot, you know. But oh. I, 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 I want to piggyback off this because Joe Lundardi, my guy. Why? Why is he the face of bracketology? Like I, I get it. You, you're the one guy with enough time on his hands to go write a book about this crap. Sure. But you have missed for the past maybe decade or so. Like you just, he. I feel like all of these pre-bracket things. We as fans. We gotta stop paying attention to them because yeah. it's all for engagement. They don't even be—they're not even like remotely accurate to what Selection Sunday is. So it's—it's it's fucking pointless. Like the amount of, like you said, turnover that is going to happen in the next two weeks because of conference tournaments, because of mid majors making the tournament that are on the rise, like a FAU was last year. Like right. people don't know. So stop acting like you do know. I think that's I think that's the crazy part is like ESPN is constantly milking content where content doesn't need to be milked until let's just like bro, there's gonna be enough commotion going on in March that you can just wait until March to have all this content. We don't need yeah. to have this late February content where people are just wrong on the sole purpose of being wrong, and then it just makes everyone angry. Like, and I, I, I'm just so, I, I think because I've become so conscious of, you know, being in media, knowing that any traction is good traction, I'm starting to see the motives behind everybody and what they post in the in that said content is like, yeah, this is wrong. And I, like, I feel like Darty, like, because you saw my tweet yesterday, like, yeah, he, he had us at a 12 seed. Yeah. I was like, what are, what are you watching all your tennis? The 12th best team. I'll, he he didn't have it. That's we still were, offensive. Why? The worst three. Not right. <laughs> like, oh my god, oh my god. Like, I, it's it's just coming to the point where it's like, bro, you're just doing this for clicks. If you want to do something for clicks, start a YouTube channel. Start vlogging because this ain't for you. Right. I will say. So I I did a deep dive mostly because I saw that tweet and I I wanted to say you know I obviously know Iowa State's end to Big Twelve play. There's some losable games in there, but for the most part, Iowa State has already played their toughest games. Yeah. And a lot of the teams, you know, one, two, three, four spots in front of us. I'm just going to go through it quickly here. Uh, Creighton, we just saw him lose to White Suit Patino uh, at St. John's. Looking, Yabagool. Man, that guy was just putting on an Italian clinic. That man, uh, I, I definitely know that man after the game, like, was hiding in someone's back seat with a shoelace. Dude got in the car and just he just like choked him out. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> old mobster type beat. Oh my god, he's he's hilarious. Fresh Pacino has had handle. so many good sound bites this year. It's yeah. not even funny. He knows how to be a spectacle. Like that guy yeah. just knows how to get eyes on him in an all white suit in Madison Square Garden. Like Gabagool. I mean, that is just chef's kiss. 
beautiful. He, he is the Olive Garden soup and salad. I mean, it hits every time, yeah. and you got to have some more. Yep. Give me some more Rick Petito, please. We need it. Uh, so we got Creighton, and they have a big – so Creighton and Marquette are both right in front of Iowa State. Those two teams, two teams play each other on Saturday in Omaha, somewhere in middle America. Creighton's been really good at home. We just saw him beat UConn. Um, but, I mean, either team can lose that game, and Iowa State can leapfrog them. Then we got Bama playing a losable road game at Ole Miss, Chris Beard coaching that team. And then they turn around and host Tennessee on Saturday. And then Kansas plays at Baylor on Saturday. And Kansas is the one that bugs me. We've seen Iowa State beat them head-to-head. And I really think if you watch Big 12 basketball, I would put Houston and Iowa State as the top two teams in this conference. And then, like, those two teams are my 1A. And then 1B is Baylor and Kansas. I think they're, I mean, right, right there with Iowa State and Houston. But I think there is a distinguishable difference. I know Iowa State lost at Waco, but I think – you know, if Baylor came to play to Ames, I think Iowa State would win that game. Basically, what I'm saying is a lot of these teams that I don't think should be in front of Iowa State in the first place have opportunities to mess it up. Iowa State has games, you know, just just win out. If you're Iowa State, win out. I think everything else will take care of itself. And I really do think, especially if Iowa State wins out, if they make a run in Kansas City, I think they're a two seed. I don't think there's eight teams better than Iowa State right now. And I think, you know, non-conference strength of schedule be damned. We've seen Iowa State be one of the best teams in the best conference. I think that deserves a two seed. That's that's my gist of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I – again, it, it, it brings me back to uh, – Is it first of all, I don't know if I said his name correctly earlier. Is it Lenardi? Lenardi. Yeah. Joey I, Brackets. Yeah. Joey Brackets at – and it's like, man, I think people just like they don't think about that or they do. It, it, it would be worse if they do like think this way and they're just like, I'm going to just go against it. Right. To shake, shake some stuff up. And it's like, bro, this isn't this isn't a soda can. You can call it how it is, man. Like because right. the reality is people are going to go to people like that and take their word as God. Yeah, because you're Joey Brackets. It's, it's in it's in your name. You know the brackets. Like I, I just feel like people got to take more pride and just be like more, like you said, go with your gut because your gut is usually right. And yeah. in an instance of who's a better team, the eye test is huge. You like we've seen all these teams play. We've seen them play elite competition. We know how they're gonna respond to said competition. Like you know what a team's gauge is right now. And I feel like now needs to be a more realistic time of calling it how it is. And look, and if anything happens in March, that's where the madness comes in. Like, I feel like if people are more realistic about what is going to happen now, it's more crazy when a Purdue or someone else does lose. I I, I think too many teams like that get the benefit of the doubt now because of, you know, the, just the guys they have on the team as opposed to, you know, what the team is actually capable of in a six-game tournament where you cannot lose. You have to yeah. keep winning. To, to to reach the mountaintop and i again i just i just want i want there to be more transparency in this period of the college basketball season of who do you guys actually think is the best player the people who are so so apparently watching every game taking deep dives and analyzing all these teams and because it, and it's like i man like how we're not watching everybody i know they're not yeah, I'm just watching their favorite teams, and a lot of those people to just come off as like they know what they're talking about. They're just keeping their eye on the top ten, and who's been the most consistent in the top ten? Purdue, Kansas, et cetera, et cetera. Like, like it's like just it's like having a crush on the three hottest girls in school. It's like, yeah, we know about that, but where are the sleepers at? You know, yeah. where are the people with some low stock? Where are those girls at? And that one of those girls, Iowa State. Yeah, she's hot right now. High ceiling. Yes, she's got a lot of potential. She's wife material. You might want to date her post high school. Yeah, just saying, you know. So yeah, I, I go ahead. I would the. I think too many people care about accuracy and doing exactly what the committee's going to do. I don't really like. We've seen the committee get it wrong. Like I don't the think committee the committee stupid. should be looked at as like the gold standard. If you want to call the committee out and be like, "Look, I know they have them as a as a one seed or a two seed." I think that's BS. Everything I've seen tells yeah. me they're a four seed. 
by all means. Like, I, I would listen to that before I'm going to say, well, the committee said so, so I'm going to say so. Yeah, like, uh, are you the committee? What about right. you, Joe? Right. What about you, Joey? What's your heart right. say? From from one tournament to the next, and it's the one that Iowa State will compete in first, going down to Kansas City, um, from everything that I've seen and heard, I think Iowa State's basically locked in at a two seed. We have tiebreakers with Kansas and TCU, who are right now the three and four seed. I think one of the only ways we're not the two seed is if like Baylor wins out and Iowa State loses like two or three games in the final four or five. Basically what I'm saying, Iowa State should be the two seed come Kansas City. Nigel, I sent you, you know, if the season ended today, this is what the bracket would look like. And again, like we said, a lot of these teams are one game apart. Like, I mean, it, it could take, you know, this Saturday for the seven through 10 seed to be completely different. As of now, Iowa State's a two seed. We have Oklahoma as a seven seed, Kansas State as a 10 seed. Just kind of looking up and down, I would say anywhere from that seven to 10 range. Is there a team out of those four that you would like Iowa State to see in their first game in Kansas City after their, after their bye? A lot of good teams. Like, there's not a lot of good places to hide in the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost don't want to say a team because it's almost like I'm giving the – the in, I'm given the impression that I think you know they're beatable, right? To a certain degree, and while my brain, the first team that came to my mind was Kansas State. Yeah, because I feel like it's a team that's going to play def- desperate basketball, so it needs to make the huge tournament run to at least have a chance at good seating. And I just think if we beat them again, uh, right before the regular season wraps up, you know. I don't know if we're going to be able to have the stamina to beat them three times because a motivated Jerome Tang, I don't know what he's capable of. I don't know what yeah. he's going to be doing. He may have a new rap song that they're clapping to this year. I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to find out. <laughs> so um, I, yeah, I know. I, I don't even want to say, I don't want to give an answer. I'm not, not going to lie. But if I had to give an answer, probably Kansas state. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I probably Kansas state. I, I would say. Kansas State right now, the 10 seed. So just going 7 through 10, Oklahoma's the 7 seed right now. Then we got BYU at the 8, Texas at the 9, K-State at the 10. And Iowa State still plays three of those teams before the season's over. They play Oklahoma, K-State, and BYU. Um, So, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I might have a better answer after those three regular season games. I think BYU probably scares me the most just because of how they play and their style. I really hope Iowa State just – brings it and we've seen BYU kind of start to falter as the season's gone along they've, they've kind of been fading a little um, is that our senior night BYU yeah I think it's our last home game oh so, yeah yeah <laughs> wow yeah what, a, what an opportunity what an opportunity so I would say we you know the only we've beaten Kansas State once we we won at Texas and BYU and Oklahoma have already beat us so, you know, maybe if you're going by the old, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times. You might want to see BYU or Oklahoma in that first game. I don't know. I'm kind of, yeah, K-State or Texas. I think this team really gets up for Texas, so I wouldn't mind seeing them off the bat. Let's look on a little bit. So if Iowa State takes care of business, looks like either Kansas or Baylor or TCU probably going to be that three seed. I think Houston's locked at the one. Between Baylor, TCU, and Kansas, I'll, I'll say I'll give my answer first. I think this team plays really well against TCU. Um, like I, I think that's just a team that Iowa State is constructed to beat. Like that—that that is, we are TCU's BYU. Of like, I, if I'm a TCU fan, I really don't want to play Iowa State in Kansas City. So I think for yeah. that reason, I'd like—I would like to see TCU as a three seed. Yeah, I, I kind of like where the chips fall right now. Like if the yeah. if nothing changed, I don't hate that. And um, I'm more so just you know, I really the only team that you know strikes fear in my heart because despite not beating Baylor yet, I think we should have won there. And I think you know, the basketball gods sometimes they just don't choose you, and and that it is what it is. I feel like that was just one of those days. But really, the the team that you know. Just despite us beating them or not, scares me as Houston. Like, yeah. and I think it's not going to be hard to get to the championship. It's just going to be hard winning the championship because I feel like 
the fact that we're so close in the AP poll, both of us need that championship, and it's going to determine seeding in a, a conference tournament that I don't think, like, I feel like this year the Big 12, because of those top two teams, which is Houston and us, I think it just holds a bit more weight because you got – when's the last time you've had, like, two top teams playing for the Big 12 championship in the same conference, like, yeah. that are also in a top – like, they're, like I said, they're two top teams. I I don't see that happen too much. You may have one in the championship game, or you right. may – So I see some two, uh, ch- uh, top ten teams that will kind of just take a step back, like Baylor – like they they're not worried about winning the when they are one of the top teams in the Big 12 they're not worried about winning the tournament uh yeah. because they got bigger fish to fry like i said so i think more than other years in the past this conference tournament holds a bit more weight because of the top two teams in in the in the conference obviously yeah and i think you know look our road could be Oklahoma who was ranked 11th in the country in january then you have Kansas in the semifinal and then pretty likely Houston in the championship. Yeah. That, I mean, like even with a bye, that is three Exhausting. really tough games. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and then you go right into March. So yeah, you need some icy hot after that. Yeah. Gonna, gonna need some rest time in between uh championship Saturday and opening round on Thursday or Friday, because that that's a gauntlet and it, yeah. no matter where you start in this, tournament you're going to play three really good teams at least and then if you're you know uh anywhere from the what is it the 11 to 14 seeds like if cincinnati goes on a run their road would be texas tech kansas iowa state houston golly what do you do you know so call the police yeah yeah tough place to be in um I'm really looking forward to Kansas City. I learned I will not be uh, traveling to Kansas City for KCCI. Little bummed about it. That was just. Oh, a- I know. It. I know. Oh. It. We'll have great coverage down there, regardless. I am going to Arch Madness, uh, the Missouri Valley in St. Louis. That's a little. Uh, bit hopefully, going to see a, a Drake Indiana State Championship. That'd be awesome. Um, but nonetheless, big big competition in Kansas City this year. I. I think Iowa State's going to show out even more than they did last year. I think that's going to be packed with Cyclone fans, just with the hype around this team and the excitement. And like you said, it's bringing memories of, you know, the peak of the Hoiberg times. Yeah. We haven't been a two seed since Jamal Tinsley was playing basketball at Iowa State. So Let's not bring that up, please. Please. Yeah. We don't, need don't, to... don't look up what happened. This ain't summer but... of the Hamptons, all right? Come on. Let's let's stop. No, no need to go back and look what happened in the 2001 also... Also, people are like, people are like, uh, I remember earlier when we started this pod, you know, people were mad. We weren't talking about Tinsley enough and whatnot. And, you know, maybe I think that's probably why. Like, what as as good as Tinsley was, you know, he great, great Iowa State career, great uh, Pacers career. Great. I think he had a stint with the Jazz, too. You know, great guy, great player. But the way we went out, I don't What is there to talk about, bro? Let's just I, I think. Like naturally, we just not much to talk about, and and I don't. Let's not talk about the two seed, all right? Because that that scares right. me too. I don't want to be. I can't. I just I I don't want to. Let's just be a one seed. Nothing nothing bad has ever happened while Iowa State was a one seed in the March Madness tournament. If not us, who? Just saying. Just throwing that now, out. Now, committee win. Um. Why not us? Uh, look, like Iowa State. I heard Jess Settle say it. I think everyone's kind of looked at Iowa State as maybe a B-tier college basketball program that's had really good teams, a lot of success. Hilton Coliseum is widely regarded as one of the best home venues. Kind of that missing jewel is a Final Four run. I, I like, you know, that's kind of what you equate greatness to, even more so than championships, I feel like. You know, like Tom Izzo and Jim Beheim are looked at as great coaches, not because of all the national championships, but how many times they made it to the final four. Yeah. And I think a final four run, regardless of what happens after that, that's what I really want to see this year. I, I think this team is as good as advertised. I think, you know, it's all about matchups in March. It's hard to, you know, predict it when you don't know who you're playing, but I think this team, they have the defense, they have the weapons, they have the identity and we've seen them play really good against really good competition. So yeah. 
I, I think the ingredients are there, and I think that really is kind of the last barrier for nationally to be taken seriously as you know an elite basketball program. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, and I think there's no better time than the present to right. do something you've never done before, you know. And again, it's it's going to take a lot of things going our way, but uh, at the end of the day, I think you just you finally have the talent and you know a hungry coaching staff that you know i think among the country has a lot to prove still of yeah. you know like look guys we like we haven't none of us have been there let's all go together right you know and i think that's got to be the mentality going forward but i i don't want to get too caught up on having to win the big 12 winning the big 12 tournament would be huge right but again the, it, you're playing in such a good conference it almost doesn't matter so if we need to be the team to take a step back, lose one, uh, like you remember when uh Brockington and them they lost to Texas Tech by like thirty, right. yeah, took that lump. But hey, Sweet Sixteen, right? We got you guys. You know, it was like, it was like you almost. I don't even know if they plan to lose that game that bad, but I don't. I would don't lose your head going forward if you know we don't win the tournament. But hey, it, it in return. We're going to have a, a great run at a, at a national title. So I would much rather have that at the end of the day. Yeah, I think just by design, Iowa State fans put a lot of stock into the Big 12 tournament. And we've seen us win a Big 12 tournament, turn right around and lose the first game we play in March. 2019. To an 11 seed. Right, to a bad Ohio, Ohio State, State. Team. What? Wolf. And then, you know, UAB which nobody saw coming. Iowa State was getting picked to make a Final Four run that year from a lot of yeah. teams so or a lot of people. So, I, yeah, I'm with you. Don't put too much stock in the Big 12 tournament. It is not a, you know, just because you win your conference tournament doesn't make you a sure file Final Four team, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it, it's not a great gauge of success come March. It's kind of whatever. We've seen teams, like you said, flunk out first round, win the championship. It's just kind of the ultimate recency bias going into March Madness, I think, is what it is yeah. more than anything. And I think for us, we've always been a team where it's like we don't know where our season's going to be without a Big 12 championship. So with that, it just gives the fans a bit, of, a bit more security of like, oh, we'll at least be like a top six seed if right. we win our conference tournament. And I don't think – I think the team's just been so good this year. I don't think you have to worry about that. I think yeah. you're going to get that top four. Yeah, It would be disrespectful to get a four seed in the tournament. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. But you're at least top four in in, yeah. in a bracket. So I, I don't hate that. And that's a great position to be in, like I've said before. Yeah. A lot of things to shake out. We got Oklahoma uh, on Wednesday, a little revenge game. Yeah, we lost on the road against OU and BYU. And basically since those games, you know, OU and BYU have kind of been on the down. Oklahoma, I will say, did just hit an incredible buzzer beater in the last Bedlam game. That was awesome. Yeah, Shannon was... <laughs> she was live. She was she, live. She was live. <laughs> she was she, hey. <laughs> Shannon Earhart. Oh my god. The Sooners. Uh yeah. madness in the KCCI newsroom. Uh that should be a good one. I think Iowa State's looking to get a lick back. And then you just gotta win out. If you're Iowa State, you gotta ignore what teams have to win or lose for you to be what seed. Take care of business, win out, get to Kansas City and see what happens. I think that's kind yeah. of my – that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, throw your haymakers. Like, yeah, go at it. But, yeah. I mean, if it ain't in the cards, it ain't in the cards. Like, don't – it's like if if the girl you're trying to try to talk to ain't trying to talk to you, you don't just sit there and keep trying to talk to her. You right. on to the next one, like Jay-Z, you know. It's, keep it moving. It's life. Yeah, keep it moving. You got, you got other fish to fry, and uh, we got a big catfish to fry, and that's a national championship. <clears throat> I for a second, I, I know we try to we try to keep it real and we try to be realistic with per, our perspectives on this uh, on this podcast. But for a second, man, because because again, you've been an Iowa State fan way longer than I have, and I'm I'm a man enough to admit that. Okay, you've been an Iowa native, you bleed Cardinal and Gold. You, I, you probably took a crap this morning, and it was Cardinal and Gold, right? Yeah, like, I had to call my doctor about it, but yeah, I did. <laughs> my point proven. If you could for a second entertain the thought of Iowa State winning a national title what would you do what would be the first thing you do because I being the hype child that I am at times I would just probably start screaming yeah. like, whether I'm at work 
at a game on air, I'd probably start screaming. You know, so I, as a lifelong fan, what would you do? I mean, crazy thing, and Scott Reister, if you're listening, please take this into account. I could be in Phoenix through work. I have would no idea. Would you drop the camera and start celebrating? Right. Basketball <laughs> is my favorite sport. Iowa State is my favorite team. Like, I w- a national championship in basketball would mean more to me personally than a national championship in football. Just because of, you know, I grew up a diehard Iowa State basketball fan. So if I'm if I'm in Phoenix, if I'm in the building when that happens, I, I'm going to cry. And e- even if I don't get to Phoenix and I'm just like at home with my family and friends, I'm going to be just running around the house, probably run outside screaming. I, I truly don't know. I, I think as an Iowa state fan, I thought more about how much is it going to hurt when we lose because of how good this team is. And I think our whole identity as a fan base is just like, you remember the heartbreaking losses more than you remember the exhilarating wins. So I've been like keeping an eye out for 15 seats that I think could cause Iowa state trouble than I have about, you know, what, what's it going to be like in Phoenix? I couldn't tell you, man. I couldn't, I mean, that would be an all timer to say, I mean, I will say I wouldn't be worried about just 15 seeds because, like, sometimes you get by those teams a little too easy and then you get to right. Elite Eight, and that's where the heartbreak comes because you're, yeah. bro, you're a second away from the Final Four or the, the semifinal. You're a second away from the national championship, you know? And, you know, you it, it, it's just so hard to play six perfect games, you know? Right. So many things have to just go your way. And for every team, it's, it's just not in the cards, but – Again, if, if it's going to be in the cards for any group, I think it's this team because the reality of it is they could lose. If they do lose, we'll be back. Yeah. I don't think you understand how – the transfer portal has been very easy for us to get guys lately. But, man, if we lose this year and all we have to do is replace Rob and Hassan and then we get Omaha playing at, like with right. real minutes, oh, Lord, buckle your seatbelts. That America is in trouble. Oh my God. Because yeah. I, I don't think you understand how easy it's going to be to get like two or three bigs in here. Plus JT, who's coming off a red shirt. Right. I mean, bro, I I would be terrified if I was the rest of the country right now. Because we, we have like the trajectory. We almost have the opportunity to lose and be all right. Because you got yeah. Keyshawn, Taman, and Curtis all potentially coming back. Yeah, really. I love that. I love that circumstance. So, I'm with you. Uh, yeah. And the, one other thing that you got me thinking about: I've seen too many Wisconsin fans, too many Ohio State fans. One, Wisconsin hasn't even fired their coach yet. Y'all gonna make the tournament? I don't know what that's about. But Ohio State and Wisconsin fans thinking T.J. Otzelberger is poachable. I, if I have to eat crow on this, by all means, I don't think that guy's leaving. Iowa State has. Do you think he's a contract? I mean, if you, if you keep winning, the thing I've thought about, I was interacting with some Cincinnati fans, and this is our third year under their coach, haven't made the tournament yet. We're under, this is Otz's third year. They started at the same time. We've been to the tournament twice, one Sweet 16, and we're currently a top 10 team in the country. Yeah. So in terms of like having a better start at Iowa State, I can't really imagine one for TJ. So, yeah, keep winning, and I don't think Iowa State's going to – look to move on anytime soon. And I really, really think that Otz isn't leaving anytime soon. So, yeah. I mean, this you know, is a dream job at the end of the day. So right. why, why leave what's not, what's not broken, you know? Yeah. I'm right there with you. A lot of good basketball left this season and years to come out of this Iowa state squad. Nigel, any parting shots before we get out of here? Look at us. One, one game to talk about. And we've made a full podcast. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just think the content is eat. Like I said, content, come March is very easy to fill. So let's not fill just to have clickbait. It's corny. It's annoying. And for people who know ball, like that's your job. Like people go to you for it. Like, please don't spread misinformation. Tell it how it is. Cause that's how the people want to hear it. Like, and even if someone isn't paying attention to college basketball like that, everyone gets into the bracket feeling like people love that. So Keep it a buck. Who do you think is going to actually make it? And if if they don't, hey, that's what makes March more like. Right. There's the parody makes more sense because when you see when you see like 
Kansas and Purdue and all these teams that we don't think are actually going to make deep runs. Like, I don't know. It's just like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think enough teams get enough love that are not, you know, one, two consistently. It's, it's just like, it's lazy. And I, I, I just feel like we gotta, we gotta do better as a, as a, as a community, uh, as just as a basketball community, we have to do better. Amen. Stop looking off the committee's homework and just copying it. Too much good basketball going on to just say, well, you know, that's what they said. Shut up. Do your own work. That's all I got. That's that's just been my gripe for about a week of seeing yeah. tweets of Iowa State be, you know, one of the worst three seeds when I think we're everything of a two seed. So yeah. a lot of basketball to play, a lot of stuff before we are on Selection Sunday. But come on. Come on, fellas. That's all I got. Do better. Do better. This week, if you can, as a human being, just do better. Do better. Let Iowa State cook. That's all I got. Let us cook. Because we cooked for an hour straight. No breaks. I blew my nose a few times, but we cooked. Cooked. Allergy season. It's allergy season. That's how you know it's March. When, When I start sneezing... You start hearing the trumpet. It's, oh, man. Oh, I'm itching. I'm itching. Ah, let them cook. Let's go.